mountains. We all face them. Basecamp Live will equip you to conquer the biggest mountains when raising the next generation. Each week, you'll hear from culture watchers, thought leaders, and storytellers who know the tools you'll need to summit the peak and shape exceptionally thoughtful, compassionate, and flourishing human beings. Welcome to Basecamp Live, and now your host, Davies Owens. Welcome to Basecamp Live. Davies Owens here um, in a very special conversation with Colonel George Bristol. Um, Colonel Bristol, you have had an amazing uh, life story we're going to share with some folks, and now you've gone from being 38 years in the U.S. Uh, Marine Corps, amazing stories, uh, to now being the headmaster of a classical Christian school, Whitefish Christian Academy out in uh, Montana. Um, welcome to Base Camp. We're so glad you're here. Oh, it's great. It's great to be here. It's fun when you can come to another school because you don't have to worry about your own for the day. So that's probably the best thing. That's for me, so. got you out of the office with a, a small ten-hour drive to get here. I understand. Yep. So just by way of background, what a what a fascinating prof- professional journey. I mean, a guy who spent thirty-eight years Marine Corps. You've been deployed in combat contingency operations from Iraq, Afghanistan. I know you were commander in Benghazi. We can't talk about that. That would be very interesting. Uh, tours recently with the CIA. Um, I'm feeling really safe, by the way, sitting here with you. I just want you to know that. Uh, that's probably the one thing I can guarantee you'll be safe in here. I, I wouldn't say you'd be with somebody that's smart, but you're definitely with somebody <laughs> that can keep you safe. So you you didn't, again, your story is fascinating. You you grew up um, in a pretty rough environment. You didn't grow up in a, in a nice classical Christian environment at all. What was your what was that like for you growing up? No, I had a I had a you know a tough a tough childhood. Um, I when I graduated from high school, I was in some trouble when I was a kid for sure. But when I graduated from high school, I went and joined the Marine Corps. I enlisted in the Marine Corps. I wanted to get away. I certainly did. Um, I went overseas. I had a great I had a great career. Um, I I went through the ranks. Um, then I got commissioned. I did most of my college at night. And I, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the Marine Corps, a lot of combat. I was kind of meant to do some of those things. I, a physical guy. Um, well, I find, I mean, you, this is fascinating to me. Um, with part of the Marine Corps martial arts program, um, integrated closed close combat fighting systems that are still used by the U.S. Marines today. So I, I, that sounds like a whole other podcast, but yeah. Yeah, I was the right guy. You know, the commandant of the Marine Corps said, we're going to integrate this program. And I said, well, sir, that's great. You have my full support. You know, I was looking, I was in Hawaii looking for a nice tour for my family and I, and then <laughs> he said, yeah, you're, you're going to do it. Yeah. But yeah, I was certainly proud that 9-11 came when yeah. all that was happening. So yeah, off to the, off to the races. But I, I spent a lot of time overseas, a lot of time in bad places. If there's been a bad place, I, I'm certainly there. there. Yeah. Yeah. But it, what's, I find it interesting, I mean, you've also had a stint as a senior fellow at MIT working with graduate students and national security issues. Um, it's not all been on the front line, fortunately. You've, you've had some time yeah, behind that, the scenes, yeah. That was really rewarding. You know, you, you go to kind of, you know, what's considered an elite school. The kids were bright, um, super bright and, and mm-hmm. super dedicated, but not a lot of real-world experience. Yeah. So we we formed a good, a good relationship there. It's very rewarding. Some of them are working with a lot of the national agencies or in the administration. So, yeah, it was a very rewarding year. And then I also found it interesting that you have a Bachelor of Arts in English Literature. That one I would not have picked. That, that, that's, what was yeah. that about? So <laughs> when I was an enlisted guy, um, it, it all came. I was taking a night school class, and I uh, 
a guy was a retired Marine, and he was teaching a class in English literature, and I asked him, what's the greatest book ever written? And right away, he just said, David Copperfield. <laughs> Nothing even close. So I said, why is that? And he goes, read the book and find out. Wow. I read it. I thought, well, there's something to this. And I liked, I liked reading. I liked writing. So yeah, it was a match made in heaven. And, and I still like reading and writing. That's amazing. Well, it's, it's fascinating. So fast forward three years later, you're, you're coming out you're in retirement. I can only imagine you could probably do about anything you wanted to do. I mean, I would think there's no end to opportunities for you. You could be out on the golf course. You could be starting a company. Um, and you head off to uh, Montana and jump on board a, a classical Christian school. Like, what, what do you think? I'm, I'm, what, what's going on with that? Yeah, I, I went out to Montana originally. I told my wife, our kids are grown. I said, we can retire anywhere you want. Um, a friend of mine that lived in Whitefish, Montana, he uh, was president of the school board at Whitefish Christian Academy. But I went out there just to buy a house. I was working overseas in some really sensitive things in the Middle East. And I said, well... I can fly out of Whitefish as easy as any place else. Uh, the school had a need um, for a headmaster. They were looking for a leader. I said, well, I'll, I'll jump in. And it's been nothing short of life-changing to understand classical Christian education, to see parents that are investing in their children. I'm a public school guy. Um, I have a daughter who teaches in the public school. But looking at the system, looking at the dedication, and really looking at what's at stake, at stake today, you know, the ability to develop somebody spiritually, physically, and academically, you know, in order to create really a Christian doer and thinker and a functioning person in the fast-paced world of today, to help transform a culture for Christ, you know, I'm, I'm all in. Which I, is really, I am yeah. all in. Because when you think about it, I doubt there's a single parent that wouldn't say, I want my kid to be a leader. Leadership, I have a friend of mine that says leadership is one of those things that there's probably never been a period of human history where there's not more books and conferences and organizations churning out, quote, leaders, and yet we have no leaders of any significance today. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. I call leadership the lonely seat. Everybody, and you know this, everybody wants to be the leader when it's like go home early on Friday, <laughs> handing out awards, getting a lot of adulation. You have to talk to people about not meeting a standard. You have to tell people that maybe they're not selected for something, or you have to deliver bad news, or you have to tell an organization, we have to go this way and it's going to take us five years to do it. That's where leadership is really important. But I think for young kids to be placed in a situation where they can learn to defend their faith yeah. is going to make them a good leader because that's what you're doing as a leader. You're saying, I stand for something. I stand for this standard. And what better thing can we all stand for in our faith? So I think the leadership training is important. Um, and I agree with you. You go into Barnes & Noble or one of the bookstores, they have whole sections on leadership. I certainly hope that we still are able to do it functionally in a moving environment like we do in a school here. So what are some coming, I'm sure at times it must be frustrating. I have a friend of mine who's a JAG, and he comes from military service back into civilian life sometimes and just feels like it just drives him nuts. I mean, there's just such a, there's, there's a, 
an understanding of leadership and vision, and you come back into, especially in our culture today. So what? Yeah, I think I think it's um, for me. I was certainly at what we call the sharp end, where the decisions were life and death. So you have the authority, but really, it's something that you have to earn with the men and the women. And I had, you know, the, the most precious natural resource that we have is the sons and daughters of America. Mm. And I think that when you do leadership at that point, you realize decisions have to be made. And then when you come into the, I'll say the civilian world, the the decisions are still important. Sometimes the parameters are different and the language is different. So for me, particularly dealing with teachers now and parents, what I have to realize is it's not autonomy. I have mm-hmm. to work with them, but it's leadership yeah. nonetheless. But you're seeing, you know, I think for so many parents today, uh, we want the next generation to, to lead, lead for Christ, lead in the culture. And it seems like there's more and more of a, uh, you know, moving away, even, even as our, our country today, I think, becomes less and less about leadership and more about just self-fulfillment. I mean, so it seems like, again, you've got however many years the Lord has for you on this earth, you've had an amazing run this is where you're choosing to spend your time because you think this is the best place. You could start a military academy. You could whatever, um, so many things to, to make, quote, make a difference. But you think this is where the differences are really going to be made. Yeah, I want to tell you a quick story about that. So one of my first days at um, Whitefish Christian Academy, I was introducing the chapel. I, although I've spoke publicly a lot in my own world, I was super nervous. And while I was there... I just, a young, a young t- uh, kindergarten girl, marvelous family, marvelous kid, um, I, I took her up there with me, and she looked up at me, and she said very quietly, Colonel Bristol, you're shaking. Hmm. And I said, that's why I have you up here. <laughs> and when I started talking, she reached up and took my hand. And I remember thinking... This little girl, I'm not Colonel George Bristol, the manhunter, the special operator. I'm Colonel Bristol, who was nice to her when we, you know, did a little class where we did a little physical education. She had love. She had truth. She had beauty. It'll be fun to see how she develops, but I thought... I'm in exactly the right place, mm. and it's exactly the right time. And there's nothing more important right now in a dynamic world than teaching kids to stand. Yeah, and that's an interesting. So when you say dynamic, we're, unpack that a little bit. Dyna- what's dynamic about the world is today? It's well, different. many choices. Yeah. Um, things moving very fast, but a wide pendulum swing from, you know, steadfast old school values to, mm-hmm. hey, we got today, let's see how fast we can go, got to have 4G, Wi-Fi, <laughs> we can't, you know, can't read a book, we have a Kindle, we have a this, we have a that. All the technology is good because, you know, man made a computer and God made man. We have to keep that. Keep the order right. Yeah. Absolutely. But what do you say to somebody who looks at you and says, okay, you're, you're in this you're talking about creating students in a di- for a new dynamic changing world, but it looks like you're kind of going backwards. I mean, you're kind of doing this old stuff. I mean, shouldn't you be 
moving into the 21st century there? That, that's, a, that's, a great, that's a great question, and we get asked that all the time. I think the ability to be able to do the basics very well, brilliance in the basics, brilliance in the basics, love of God, love of family, love of community. That sounds very simple and very old school, but I'll tell you, if we can give the kids that, not only will they fly, they'll soar. Mm. And so I think it's, it's using technology and understanding a computer or you know, even the machine we're talking on today. Mm -hmm. It's a tool, like a hammer yeah. or a chisel. And we need to learn how to use the tools, but it's the thinking part. Yeah. And it's that grammar, logic, rhetoric, skeletal backbone yeah. that gives them the best ability to think and then to do. Yeah. And you see these kids, and, and when you, and you've, you're, you know, part of what you're doing right now is traveling around and you're visiting schools. I mean, what are you seeing in these classrooms that excites you? Yeah. yeah. I, I like the fact that they look you in the eye when they ask you a question. I like the fact that when I tell them, you look great in your uniform today, they sit up straight mm. and they don't feel like they're missing anything by wearing a uniform because they're standing for something. Yeah. I also like the fact that when we ask them, give us your opinion, they give their opinion respectfully. And I think that's a huge thing in today. Not that kids are disrespectful, but there is an attitude sometimes, sometimes, that this is the way I do it. Mm -hmm. Each generation, your generation, my generation, mm -hmm. everyone, has their little idiosyncrasies. But that ability to ground them in some very basic things, and that's being polite, that's being fair, and that's adhering to a standard, I think that's most exciting to me. But you don't think that could happen? I mean, again, I think parents would say, well, that's great. I mean, we're choosing instead to go, parent might say, to public school or charter school, and we're just going to be a good Christian family or we've got a good church down the road. I mean, why, why do you think, is there a problem with that line of thinking or maybe a challenge they're going to face that they don't realize? Yeah, I think... I think, and I have a daughter in the public school sector, I think they, they are driven there to get people through. Mm. And it, it moves very quickly. I think a little bit of a smaller class size and a step back to things that have worked, you know, literally for thousands of years. I was teaching a class recently about the Founding Fathers and they said, Colonel Bristol, you really like these guys, don't you? And I said, yes. And I said, but I'm envious of them and envious of you. And they said, why, why, why that? I said, because they were trained classically. Mm. And when you look at Thomas Jefferson and you look at, you know, right now there's a big play on Alexander Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton is one of the big American heroes, classically trained guy. Yeah. They were doing something right. Yeah. And we're just going back and figuring out what they did right. Absolutely. Reverse engineering this Absolutely. whole thing. So do you see, I'm kind of curious from your, you know, 38 years in the military, I know talking to guys and gals that run uh, corporate America, there is a definite shift in the workforce that's coming in. So what's, what are you seeing? What's the military seeing in terms of the kids that are coming in? And how do you associate that maybe to how they were educated? Yeah, they, I think um, when we get them in the Marine Corps, um, I'll just say the basic Marine Corps, we, uh, we strip them down. And we give them a. So when you shave their head, right? We do. Yeah. We do. We take, we take their individuality, they say, <laughs> away from them, and we teach them how to do everything. For example, Davies, I promise you this: ever since I was 18 years old, every pair of shoes that I've ever had with laces 
are left over right because that's the way I learned <laughs> to do it in the Marine Corps. And the pair I have on today are just like that. <laughs> so some things stick with you. Yeah. What, what I'm finding out of a lot of millennials that when they come into the Marine Corps, that discipline and that order, they will initially fight against it, but they will revel in it. Mm. And I think the same thing applies in classical Christian education. What I, what I tell parents is give it a shot and watch what they're doing. I think sometimes parents are afraid of it because it's different than the school they attended. Well, they're probably afraid of it too because you mentioned the, the stifling the individualism and the creativity, which is, again, what our culture, they see uniforms, they think loss of identity. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the fact is there's all sorts of individuality. It's just structured individuality that gives them the ability to really flourish. It, it's the same way I've been doing martial arts a long time, and you can actually train harder in a prearranged pattern hmm. because you can go all out knowing that you can execute a strike in a prearranged pattern than if you're just sparring yeah. where there's a lot of stalling yeah. and backing off. I think classical Christian education's ability to pattern gives kids the ability to fully develop their potential. Yeah. And that's something that would be exciting in any time. Yeah. But with these kids, a social media-driven generation, the thought of what they can do because training properly done will completely reinforce their experience every single time yeah. they do it. Yeah. Well, we talk about, you know, Charlotte Mason, I don't know if, you've, if that's an educator you've come across, but she says nine out of ten things in life are habits. So if you instill these habits, which, again, it may not be obvious to people when they walk into school, but that, that becomes an instinctual part of who you are, which is something the military is obviously building. You know, you, you don't pull your gun out for the first time to figure it out. You don't even realize it's happening. No, we, we have a, a saying. And matter of fact, our current Secretary of Defense, uh, a, a general that I served with in combat, uh, James Mattis, he calls it habits of thought and habits of action. Yeah. Habits of thought breed habits of action. In other words, the way we... The way we train today, you know, there's a lot of catchy sayings, the more you sweat in peace, the less you bleed in war. But with these kids today, teaching them proper habits of thought will develop habits of action that when under pressure yeah. or when choices occur, they'll make the right choice because they've been, it's been ingrained in it's them. Ingrained, yeah. Not stifling their individuality, yeah. not telling yeah. them to think a certain way. They'll be able to think more cogently, more rationally, and quicker if yeah. they have that. So I'd ask about, is this so you're, my question was about how the military is seeing these differences of these, these recruits are coming in and they're having to kind of, uh, the, their individualism is pretty high when they come in, but they're actually, what I heard you say, which is fascinating, is they actually embrace the structure. They do. And again, I think that's such a foreign concept because we look at our schools and we think these are for the, I have so many, so often parents will say, well, that's a good school for girls, it's good for kind of compliant boys. But this is like red-blooded American kids can come to these schools, right? And Abs still be Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, what we see a lot of times, we, we say, well, these kids, they're not as physically fit. Um, partially that is nutrition. Partially that is, you know, they, they spend a lot of time in front of a computer. But you put them in the right environment yeah. and you tell them it's not denial, but it's the discipline to know when and when that's not appropriate. Mm. And if you do that, I tell you, the young kids yeah. that I ser that served with me and that worked for me, they're they're as great as any generation. They've we've been in combat. It's it's a fair statement since September 11th, 2001, 
and these kids came in and have responded. They're as good as any generation. I'm very familiar with the greatest generation. That's mm. the generation that helps yeah. inspire me. But these mm. these kids, they're fantastic. I, I hope, though, that continuing generations, I think things like classical Christian education yeah. are going to take that generation even higher. That's so. That's encouraging. I, I, of course, we're all humans, and there's nothing new under the sun. So it's encouraging to hear you say that because I think sometimes we think that there's sort of this generational brokenness that we can't rise up. But you're right. Anybody in the right environment can rise up to be as great as anybody's ever been. And, and you know, we, you and I talked about earlier um, the, the fact that I think so often even our students today don't have a vision of who ultimately God is calling them to be. And, and, and I, I wonder, you know, I, I've never been to a military academy. We're fortunate that the academies love our students and they succeed there. But, um, you know, I'm sure when you headed off to basic training after they shaved your head and killed your individualism, uh, sure. um, they, they gave you a vision for something. You're stepping in as a Marine, a United States Marine. I mean, I get chills almost saying this. Like, you are part of something so much greater than yourself. Yes. You're, you're, you're committing, you're sacrificing. And I, that, I believe, is really what we are doing in terms of raising a generation to a level so much bigger than what most of us even, we just think our kids are getting an education to get a grade, to pass the SAT and go to college. So talk about this. You cast a real big vision for your students. Yeah, I think, you know, they want, you want to know that you meet a standard. I, I don't care who you are. Everyone wants to believe, you know, when I was a kid, they said, do you want to be big, fast, or strong? I would say yes. I didn't really know what that meant. <laughs> but I know going into the Marine Corps, you go in alone you go into a system that teaches you how to do everything, and when you come out at the other end, what you know, what you know absolutely bone deep is that you're a part of the greatest fighting organization that's ever walked the face of the earth. Yeah. I see Marines all the time. If I see a Marine Corps sticker on a car, mm -hmm. I am very likely to go up to that person <laughs> and say, Semper Fidelis, yeah. always faithful, yeah. and that means a lot. Now, what do I think that this type of education, I think it fosters the exact same thing. I think it's harder for parents because they look at the military and they say, I kind of know what that is, but although rapidly today less mm -hmm. people are involved in the military, and that's okay, I think as this grows and as we partner, the very thing we're doing right now, putting information out, I would tell people, be confident. Be confident that your son or your daughter will be given by the teachers and by the faculty. They will pledge their mind, bone, blood, muscle, and the heart that pumps all of that to make your child the best person they can be and give them the ability to defend their faith, defend their faith mm -hmm. throughout any adversity, yeah. and at the same time, know how to think, yeah. which is with all the choices, there's nothing more important than knowing how to think. No doubt, no doubt. Um, kind of closing thought, you, you know, we, we're talking about sort of the name of this whole thing is base camp that we call, and, and you've, you've done some pretty serious Absolutely. mountaineering. Absolutely. And the importance of kind of getting geared up before you make the hike. Yeah. Tell, tell me about it. That, yeah. That's the greatest thing. I think right now there's a, there's a time in classical Christian education, I'm experiencing it sometimes in northwest Montana, where you feel like you're on an island. You feel like you're all by yourself, but then, and this is true in, in the mountains for sure, you come to the base camp. You'll see world-class mountaineers, would-be world-class mountaineers, 
and people that are trying it for the first time. And you know what? You're sitting there eating lunch. Sometimes you're listening. Sometimes you're talking. All times you're learning. And this thing right now, to call it the base camp, is so accurate and so applicable because we're going to climb that mountain together, whether that person goes up with you or not. You may remember something that someone said. You may come back down and say you were right, or this is something that I learned that I can tell you. It's an incredible thing, and the timing of it is absolutely perfect. Yeah. And the highest mountain, you went up, you, was it Denali? What was yeah, it? I went up, I went up uh, Denali, and we did it, you know, like we do a lot of times in the Marine Corps. We did it the old-fashioned way, but while we were in the base camp, we saw a couple of world-class mountaineers using very light gear, and I remember thinking to myself, we need to do that in the military. <laughs> now, of course, a lot of our gear is very light and very well-made because we looked at what some of these world-class athletes and adventure racers were doing, yeah. and it makes us better on the battlefield, harder to kill, yeah. and that's, that's, that's what evolution's all about. There you go. That's what evolution's <laughs> all about. And I, I'd yeah. like to say that, you know, the human being is really, we're a homo sapien, we're the tool users. I heard the owner of Patagonia, mm. Yvonne Chouinard, say that. We're the tool users. Mm. That's what's allowed us to become an apex predator in a world of animals that are and fellow mammals that are much more capable. Our ability to partner and to evolve, yeah. it's critical. And classical Christian education yeah. is, no, is no exception. And it's this amazing kind of closing thought. It's an amazing combination of where we we know how to use the tools that we have the tools we're learning to gear up and then there's a vision that's kind of point before we're not doing all that so we can go hike up a three thousand foot mountain we're going to hike the biggest thing we can find Absolutely. we're going to raise the next generation to the highest level of their human potential before the lord to go out and serve and take on the world and that's and and, and that's what he actually demands of us i i think you know he his grace it's beyond all of our human comprehension, but for sure, mm. he gives us the tools and the ability to soar, and that's and that's what these kids have the opportunity to do. It, it's a it's a really great way. I, I spent almost four decades thinking I'm protecting this country. They're sleeping safe because I'm there. George Orwell, and I'll just say this, his famous saying, we, we use this in special operations, people sleep safe in their beds because rough men stand ready in the night to visit violence upon those who would do us harm. The way I feel right now is maybe for me, for this Marine, if past is prologue, maybe everything I did there was preparing me to get a group of kids in Northwest Montana to be able to climb that mountain. Whether I climb it or not, I will climb it with them. And um, that's not a bad way to make a living. No doubt. Well, Colonel George Bristol, we are first of all honored and thankful for your service to our country. And we're deeply thankful that you've joined this effort going on around the world to raise up the next generation. So thanks for being here on Base Camp Live. Yeah, my pleasure and uh, best of luck to everyone. And we'll see, you. we'll see you in the base camp. Sounds great. Thanks, Colonel. Thank you for joining us for today's show. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this one, or ones you may like even more, go to BasecampLive.com to subscribe and engage in the conversation. We always welcome your ideas for future topics and guests. Join us next week, and remember, when raising the next generation, you don't have to climb alone.